I don't believe this. Came in off the tree and just look at this. Well, that is unbelievable. I, don't, I haven't seen that in such a long time. Alright everybody, welcome back to another amazing episode of Bogey or Better Podcast. I'm Cameron and we have Dylan with us. What's going on, Bogey Machines? We are your Bogey Machines, as are you, because you're listening to the Bogey or Better Podcast. But today, we wanted to answer some questions from everybody. We had uh, had some really good questions come up uh, that were sent in through our Instagram that we wanted to uh, wanted to answer for you guys, Dylan. What, we had a question from, let's see, a Don Bear zero eight zero, Adam okay. Bear, a, a, a Don Bear, zero eight zero, and his question was, "What's the difference in the golf balls you choose and why?" And you did some research mm. on that, right? Yes, I was excited when I saw that question. Um, so I did a good bit of research and. I'm, you know, the saying always goes, you know, the golf ball is the only piece of equipment you use on every stroke. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a very important piece, um, and it definitely gets more important as you progress in the game. You know, so I was going to talk about first the tiers of golf balls mm-hmm. when it comes yeah. to price, when it comes to material, stuff like that. So, you know, you have your your cheap balls, right? So from anywhere from $12 to $20 a dozen, okay? So these balls, the material they're made of, it's called Serlin Ionomer. Ionomer? I don't know how you pronounce it, but... Sounds good to me. Something like that. It's basically a plastic um, with very elastic properties. Um, And what I found interesting, I, I didn't really... I mean, it makes sense, but I didn't really understand. I didn't really know this, but mm-hmm. um, the cheaper balls with those Ionomer covers actually last a lot longer and are less susceptible to scuff marks and you know the little nicks you you see on. I've noticed and stuff. that. Yeah, and you uh, hit a top flight. I mean, mm-hmm. you can hit it off a tree and nothing happens to it. But we hit our exactly. nicer balls. Any anything that's not fairway, it'll put a good little scuff on it. And, you know, it's funny, you know, you would think, okay, I'm paying for something that's cheap, so it shouldn't, usually your mind's going to go, it shouldn't last very long. Right. But actually, the cheaper the ball, the longer it's going to last because it's harder, it's a different material. Yeah. Um, so you go to your higher price balls, your, you know, your Titleist Pro V1s, your Vice Pro Softs, um, TB5s, TaylorMade, you know, stuff like that. So those have a urethane cover, so it's it's much softer. It's a rubber that's they say it's like a, the rubber on skateboard wheels. Apparently, oh okay, yeah, and uh, so it's much softer and it will grip the grooves. That's why I don't know. Maybe some of you guys out there, if you hit a a wedge really solid with a Pro V One or 
you know, Pro V1X, something like that, you'll actually see bits of the ball in the groove sometimes. So, you know, it's basically shaving off some of that. Um, and then you have, and also about that, because it's softer, because of the urethane, they're unfortunately going to last a little less time right. than the the plastic, you know, top flights and nitros and stuff like that. And even though you're going to pay anywhere from 30 to $45 a dozen for the, you know, for the urethane right. multi-piece ball. Um, and for higher handicappers, so for beginners, it's actually better for them to use the harder balls for multiple reasons. One, it's cheaper. So, I mean, you can get, you know, you go to Walmart and buy a bag of cheap balls for like 30 balls for $10. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and, but also because it's harder, it reduces spin. And so it promotes a straighter flight. And, uh, and so while, you know, you go lower into the handicaps, you're obviously going to want to play a little bit of a softer ball so you can have a little more wiggle room to work the ball and everything like that, you know? Um, and so you have different layers. So with the cheap balls, you're going to have a two layer ball. So it's going to be the outer, you know, plastic, stretchy plastic. And then inside it's going to be one layer of the core, which is just a rubber. Usually it's a rubber material or a resin just depends. And the more cover, the more uh, layers you get for a harder the swing. So if you swing over a hundred miles an hour, you're going to want at least a three piece, but probably a four piece is probably right. going to be the best for you for the lower swing speeds. You can get away with having a two or a three piece ball. And when I say two or three piece, so a three piece ball is going to have, Inside, the center is going to be the hardest part of the ball, the core, which is going to be a harder rubber. And then it gets softer as you come out. So the second layer will be a little softer, and then the third layer will be the outer part. Um, so, yeah. And I know for some beginners, y'all are probably asking, what is the ball I should hit? So I did some research. And I found about five different dozens of balls that are going to be best for beginner golfers. Mm -hmm. um, so we have the Strixon AD333. Um, it's a two-piece ball. And it's a very high durability, very low spin. Um, the compression is at 75. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's, you know, for a little lower swing speeds you know and it comes in white and orange so well there you go if you're getting getting fruity you can have a an orange ball throw an orange ball out there nobody will respect you but you know <laughs> um okay and then we have the callaway hex bites and callaway hex bites are actually a three-piece ball um and but it does have that ianomer plastic so it's um you know Obviously, just a little harder, but the durability is really well and low spin rate, 
which is good. We have the cheapest I found, which mm-hmm. was $11 a dozen. Ooh. And that is the Wilson Staff Fly, F-L-I, golf balls. It's two-piece and very low spin rate compression of 65. Um, and those are, yeah, like I said, about $11 a dozen. So you can, so you can pay less than a dollar a ball. Yeah. I mean, because a lot of people that, I mean, like us, what if you're not using vice balls, like the, because I, I just started using TP5s just to try them out. And I mean, that's four, $4 a dozen. Four dollars yeah. a ball, excuse me. Yeah. So if you can pay less than a dollar per ball, I mean it's not bad. And and that's like you're like you've been saying. Those higher handicap beginners, these cheaper golf balls, it's not a status symbol. <laughs> like right. they're made for you, so that you can play better. That yeah. you know you want the hardest low spin type ball that you can get, so that even your top shots or the ones that you hit off of center they don't slice as much they don't hook as much and they get a little more distance because you obviously are trying you wouldn't want to swing so hard until you can start making consistent contact so these balls yes they are cheaper but that doesn't mean that they're not good it's just the technology in them is something specific and it doesn't cost as much to make because it's just a very hard durable ball and because they're hard and durable, you won't have to buy as much either. So, I mean, it's it's a win-win for... I think once you're... Once, like, if you're still trying to break 100, don't even think about uh, other, like, three-piece balls or four-piece balls. I mean, that, that Callaway Hex that you talked about was a three-piece, but, um, I mean, anything just nice and hard that's durable... He's gonna is gonna be good for you. Uh, I don't. What would like probably once you start breaking a hundred and you're into the mid to low nineties is when maybe you want to start reevaluating that. Yeah, if you're um, consistently hitting in the nineties, I would maybe start spinning. Maybe go to that second tier, like um, the Callaway Warbirds mm-hmm. or um, some of the lower, like the TaylorMade Burners. Yeah. Or the. Uh, oh, Titleist has a mid a mid price. They're like twenty five bucks a dozen. Is it the NXT? Um, yeah, the NXT NXT, NXT tours. Tour. Yeah. Um, so you get a little more, little more forgiveness. Uh, well, I'm sorry, not forgiveness. You get a little more spin on it, so you'd get less forgiveness, like with a driver or a long iron. But you're gonna get a bit more spin rate, which is a good thing when you're around the green, and. Right. As you get more and more expensive of a ball, that's when you're going to see the biggest difference. You're going to see a drop in distance, like off the tee, a little bit, but you're going to see a drastic, like drastic improvement around the green. So that's why you see professionals using these higher quality balls. And they'll take less distance off the tee. Imagine Bryson DeChambeau hitting a two-piece ball. <laughs> yeah. I mean, imagine how far. I mean, like a just hard as a rock top flight. Oh, yeah. The role he would get would be He'd get insane. so much, yeah. Yeah. But around the green is where, you know, if he can stick it, or if any of us can put it within five feet, we don't want it just to roll off the green. 
But when you're a beginner, that's not as important. You just want to hit it near the green. So these cheaper balls aren't a big deal. And it's better for your wallet anyways. Yeah. And uh, I had one more set, uh, one more box of balls that I wanted to talk about because I love Vice, so I had to bring Vice in. Mm -hmm. Um, Vice Drive Ball, which are also $11 a dozen. Um, All these balls that I'm talking about, they are under, they're $20 and under for a dozen. Really? Um, Yeah. I didn't know the Vice Vice ones were that cheap. Yeah, Vice Drive are eleven dollars a dozen. Those are probably the only ones you won't be able to get at your local local golf store. Every single other one I talked about pretty much will be able to get it at your local um, golf emporium. Um, I've seen and, some WalMarts carry like the Vice brands. Yeah, but I mean, you're better off just buying them online. You get a discount when you buy them in bulk, anyways, from Vice. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just got their tees, right? Yeah. You have, really you good tried, deal. have you tried them yet? Yeah, I tried them last week. Um, very good. They're they're bamboo. I'm used to playing plastic tees, but mm-hmm. bamboo is very strong. I mean, it. Yeah. I think I maybe broke one, and it really? was a iron tee, so oh. it wasn't even a drive tee. So that's pretty good. Yeah, uh, I really like them. I I like how they look. I like how they feel. Yeah. If you if you actually speaking of vice, this is what I do from time to time. Is they do a ball selector quiz. Mm-hmm. So if you're unsure of where you're at, just take that quiz and it'll tell you. And those balls are probably the best quality for the price, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. um, definitely. They're, even their nice, nice balls are pretty evenly matched with your Titleist Pro V1s and your TP5s. But they're $20 a dozen cheaper if you buy them like, in, like by five boxes or something. But and do it- that selector quiz. Yeah, and there I have been seeing on Instagram ads there are a ton of companies, the like golf ball companies that are coming out. Uh, I've seen one called Cut. Oh yeah, um, Encore. I've played Encore. Yeah, yeah. There's a few, and there I mean they're selling them for for dirt cheap. You know yeah. you have to get them online, but um, there's yeah they're selling them for really cheap. Snell. Just shop around. Snell is yeah. Snell's getting popular. Mm, Snell, yeah. I've played yeah, a, I've played so. a Snell ball before, and it that lasted me a long time. Oh, I bet. and it and I've the, it, if you want to understand more what goes inside, like when we're talking about pieces and what that looks like, YouTube or Instagram, there's a lot of people that all the content is is cutting golf balls in half, and they mm-hmm. show you what's inside, and then you can see the quality difference between really nice balls and really cheap balls, um, how centered they are, things like that. Or like even driving range balls, how uncentered and poorly made they are <laughs> and how it can actually affect how your shot is. Like you may have hit it perfectly, but because it was a poorly made ball, it looks bad. But, you know, take a look at, at those videos. Um, if that's something I follow one and I, I love seeing what they look like inside because it really shows you the difference of, you know, when we say a two piece ball, what that means or a three piece, four piece or five even now. So, um, take some time and look at those too. Cause that, that may help you figure out what, you know, what you're hitting and what the technology actually is. A little history. When I was, uh, researching the balls, Titleists, what they used to use for their core of the Pro V1s, was a mix of salt water and uh, 
not canola oil. Um, it's not vegetable oil. High fructose corn syrup. Really? Yeah. And it made like a solid core? Or it yeah. was. Because they used to be wound balls, and those are crazy. If you see a video of them cutting that up, that was before they had like actual cores in them. It was literally like a plastic shell around a wound piece of almost yeah. like rubber. So they did salt water and high fructose corn syrup. Yep. And I guess they. I don't know how they made it to be a solid, but yeah, that was what was the main parts of their core for their golf balls for like, you know, back in you know, the fifties. Really? Yeah. That's when they were getting away from wound balls and right. making more composites. That's interesting. I didn't know that. And so It's crazy to think are... how far the technology has come. Oh yeah. Cause now like some balls have like pieces of tungsten mm-hmm. in them. Uh, some, some companies use resin. Yeah. Um, but usually it's it's that plastic. I forget. Or the, I'm not sorry, not plastic. The rubber. Um, like liquid rubber almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it really it really fits in the um, fits in your grooves of like a wedge real good. And that's why you can see way more spin rate on on these nicer balls. The cover is a big deal. And then the pieces inside are going to um, going to allow for a lot more spin. Um but like I said, shop around there, and there are a ton of new, new and upcoming golf ball makers. So uh, it doesn't hurt. I've actually gotten a couple um, of these companies. They'll do like uh, all you do is pay shipping and handling, and they'll send you like a selector because they want you to to use their balls and talk about them. So uh, look around. Um, and I've used a couple, I used Encore. I liked them. They were three piece, got great spin on them. Um, so just look around and see and try all, all different kinds out. Cause there's just so many out there. Have you ever heard of the company Hanma? Mm, I mean, I feel that name sounds familiar, but I, I wouldn't know it's a golf company. They are a Japanese golf company. They're kind of like PXG, mm. um, you know, super high end, very pricey stuff. They're actually more pricey than they're a little really? pricier than uh, PXG. Like they do crazy stuff. They do like twenty four karat gold plated oh drivers. Um, I mean, they also That's have regular mean. equipment as well. But like you know, yeah, but you know, like the iron sets they're selling are like three grand. Oh. You know, it's it's insane. But they just came out <laughs> with a ball that is, uh, they put it affordable quote unquote uh, according to them um, it is a six piece ball for the life of me I can't ever see why that would be necessary I don't know I almost don't I almost find the five piece to be completely unnecessary and six piece just seems insane but they are charging sixty dollars a dozen so five dollars a ball you hit one of those balls in the water you might as well just crumble up a five dollar bill yeah and throw it in the garbage it's literally yeah um but see i'm intrigued yeah i've I've seen right you know i've seen some reviews and they say it's good the only thing is that you know the uh they don't last very long yeah they they try they played some shots out of the bunker with them and like after like five shots you just start to see real bad wear on them yeah and it's like you're paying sixty dollars for 
a dozen. I mean, yeah, you want a ball that's gonna last a whole yeah. round. Yeah, I mean, not like, that you can pl- you can play a Pro V one for a whole round. Yeah, for sure. As long as you don't, you know, shank it into the tree. Yeah, we don't say that word, Dylan. Oh man, man. <laughs> See? Sometimes sometimes it just, just happens. Just comes out, guys. I I apologize. It's all right. We'll work we'll on it. We'll that out. But yeah, yeah, I mean, you see, but I, now I want to try them. Yeah, we'll have to. We can go and have these. Yeah, we'll ha- <laughs> we'll have to. We'll have to. We'll try them for the podcast because that's just it seems insane. Because I I Six just piece. I just started playing the TP five picks balls, um, and that's the first time I've played like a five piece ball, and they're f- like they're fine. I don't. I play. I played with them on extremely, extremely fast championship Bermuda greens. So, mm. I mean, I'd have to be a professional to get any kind of spin on it. So I, I can't really use that as a judge because I don't normally play those type of greens. So when we play, when we play at Charwood, I'll, I'll test them out and see if I like them. But what I do love is the um, graphics that are on the picks ball. Um. If you don't know what they are, um, TP5 is a regular ball, white ball, but the picks have these graphics all over the ball. It looks kind of all over it, but it's in a specific pattern. And it does two things. When you're hitting any kind of shot, the feedback, you actually see the graphics as opposed to the ball, just the white ball. So you actually can see the way the ball is spinning a little better. Um, that's more important, I guess, for your shorter shots where, you know, with the driver, the ball's gone before you can register the spin on it. But for your wedge shots, it is nice to see, like, if you had a little too much side spin or something like that. But then it's got a nice putting alignment where it has the regular TP5, you know, guideline. But then the graphics also form, like, a longer putting channel, I would say, similar to Callaway's like triple track where it's got wider lines. Um, so it's not just you're trying to hit one line. It's got it, regardless. I do like it. Um, it's they look cool rolling on the green. Yeah. It, 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 and it also because you see those graphics, you can really see whether you hit a really pure putt or if you hit it open and it's got a little like it's leaking to the right because the 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 graphics are going to show you um how you struck it if you hit it nice or didn't and because i'm i'm not a very good putter that's actually been beneficial um because sometimes i'm not sure if i hit it poorly or my line was wrong or my speed was wrong but now i can take at least one of those out of the equation cuz if it's rolling true and i can see with the graphics then i know that well it was my line because obviously I didn't make the putt but I mean that that's been a nice I've heard a lot of people call it a gimmick and and maybe it is maybe it is but um it definitely doesn't hurt like it doesn't hurt your game at all um I've seen tour pros yeah play with I know it. it was it was like inspired with Ricky or something the hmm. first ones were these are the like version twos um the first one had, I think, smaller graphics, and these are a little, they, these look a little different, um, but they don't have Ricky's um, name attached to them. I don't think uh, I could be wrong, but not on the box at least. But we'll have to we'll have to try them. We're gonna try those up against the six piece. You know what we'll do? We're 
we'll find a one-piece ball, a two-piece ball, <laughs> three, four, five, and up to the six, and we'll play them all. And uh, we'll have to review that. Yeah, I played uh, around with the Bridgestone Torby XS. The Tiger Balls? Um, yeah, the Tiger Balls, yeah. Um, I really like them. They They perform really well, I think. I don't know how they do it, but, I mean, they, they feel nice and firm with the driver. Mm-hmm. But then your irons and wedges, they feel nice and soft. I mean, it's 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 really good. You get the best of both worlds with them. Because um, Bryson uses Bridgestones, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason why he's tour pro. Like, I mean, the fact that Tiger doesn't play Pro V1s is kind of interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, he, he can play whatever or ball he wants. Or Taylor Even though he plays all, mm-hmm. yeah. All his other clubs are tailor but he doesn't play their ball. Not that we're Tiger Woods, but if somebody at his skill level and meticulous level of detail chooses a ball, I feel like there's a reason for that. And it could be just solely for his swing that that's why that ball works. But the fact that even Bryson uses that and he's Mr. Science makes me think that like maybe there is something to Bridgestones. I've played one that I've found like in the woods. Those are the best. Oh. Look at, mm-hmm. When you walk out with like a Pro V1 or even the Kirklands, man. I've been finding the Kirkland signatures uh, around the courses lately because they're, oh, well, they, we didn't talk about that. If you want a cheap ball that's nice, the three-piece Kirkland ball. It's $24 for two dozen. You have to have a Costco yeah. membership. But I find that they play great. Um, yeah, they used to play even better before Titleist sued them. Yes. <laughs> Yes, once Titleist sued them and they had to change some things. But I did read that they're coming out with a four-piece ball. Like, because they did make a four-piece ball, and then that's when Titleist really sued them. Um, Yeah, they basically just copied the Pro V1X and Pro V1. Which is why they were so great, but you paid a dollar for, you paid a dollar per ball. So, they don't bite as much as the Pro V1s, but overall, I I like them, especially for the price. And so, if, if like, if you're going to spend you know, $20 for your top flights. Might as well just go get the Kirklands because those are nicer balls. Um, But you're not going to get as much distance. And that's why we were talking about picking the ball specifically for where you're at. Regard, It's not a status symbol. So just figure out what's the best, what's the best ball for your game. Yep. All right. I think we've talked about balls enough. Mm. You know, I love talking about wow. balls, but let's see. Yeah. Next question. I thought this was a good one. Um, the best way to learn golf lingo from Pitch mm. the Pig. That's Pitch with a P. Um, and I, I actually looked around because I guess I take it for granted um, right. being around golf for as long as we have been. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I learned it just from watching golf and playing with others who have played for a while yeah um golf golf lingo is very interesting because you know golf originates in scotland and it's big in england and so there's like a mixture of of different words you know different slang yeah you know you can get some true english you know real english not the stuff we talk here in america but true english um the real stuff that you know it's it's, you know like duff i think is one Mm -hmm. of their big ones which it's basically the equivalent of us saying we chunked it, right? You know, and and, and stuff like that. So there, there's a, there's a mixture, and it's fun. Um, yeah, even the spelling too. Like if you see it, it mm-hmm. may seem weird to you. Um, like caddy, 
being spelt both ways is technically mm-hmm. correct, but to yeah. us, it may seem weird seeing caddy with a Y or caddy with an IE, just depending on what we're used to. Um, there's a golf... I, get, I don't know if I'd call it a... Oh, it is a blog, yeah. Golfsidekick.com. And we have no affiliation with them. It was just when I was researching that question, that's what I came up with. And it's basically a dictionary for golf terms. It's alphabetized. So you can keep it on you, you know, and someone's like, all right, let me find, someone says dog leg. And you're like, whoa, Mm. what does that mean? (laughs) And you go to D, you know, find dog leg. And it's a type of golf hole which starts off straight, but then the fairway turns left or right toward the green. So somebody says this is a dog leg right. Now you know what that means. Um, Yeah, here's Duff. Uh, But it was actually really interesting. The one that I was going through that I actually hadn't heard before is Freshy. Have you heard that one before? Mm Mm-mm. It's because we say it differently here. This is where he was, where you were talking about how it's most likely an English term, proper English, not ours. The definition is a shot where you swing at the ball and totally miss it. So what would we call that? (laughs) Um... Like if if I did usually that, I just say, just, usually I just say good practice. Yeah, swing. good practice swing. A swing and a miss. That's a baseball. Swing and a miss, uh, yeah. That's a baseball reference, but it works. Whiff, whiff it. Whiff. That was the alternative. Yeah. yeah, as I whiffed it, um, which still doesn't feel like something we would say in any other. It still feels like a yeah. English or Scottish, but regardless, freshy is is that. So if you literally like, you swang and you you looked up right away and you just missed the ball. Technically, that's called a freshie, which that was nice. <laughs> I like yeah, that. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I like that. That's it's kind of positive. Yeah, it, it's better than you know, so, just your partner laughing at you. Yeah, <laughs> you can just look at him and be like, oh, "What a freshie," you know. <laughs> but it's got it's got really nice ones. Like even something simple. This one it says lifting your head. Like when we say you lifted your head, it mm-hmm. seems pretty self-explanatory. But to somebody who doesn't know golf, it's why does that matter? And the the mm. definition is when you prematurely look up to see where the ball is going, often results in poor shots, especially topping the ball. And the cool thing is topping is like highlighted, so you can go see. It's like, well, what does topping mean? Um. So there's a ton of a ton of there is so many golf terms that I really just oh, don't. Yeah. I don't. You don't even think about. Um. This one was interesting. A pitch mark, also with a P. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I never heard. Described that way. I've always heard of it as just oh, a really? ball mark. Huh. Um, but pitch, obviously, is a very English term for soccer. The the field they call a pitch. Right. Um, so it's where your ball lands on the green and makes a mark. And don't even get me started. People, please fix those things. Just please yeah. do it. Or I've seen people, because golf TikTok is blowing up, at least for me, I'm seeing so much more golf content on tiktok and they're like oh i'll show you how to fix a divot and they stick their divot tool in and lift and they stick it and lift Mm, stick it and lift and it's so bad it's that's literally like killing the grass you're supposed to you know you think think you got a circle where your ball hit you stick it in and push it towards that like push Mm -hmm. the grass back towards um the center like of that mark and then just use your putter or your foot but just fix them that was my little rant. It wasn't as good as Dylan's from a couple episodes ago, but that's my mini rant. Let me tell you, uh, I think it's hole fourteen at Charwood. It's a part. It's that par three over the water. Yeah. 
that green is terrible. There are so many pitch yeah. marks. I mean, I hit a putt last week, and it bounced off like a foot off. Yeah, it, and you see, mo- mainly the greens that are affected by it the most are par threes, obviously because yeah. everyone's hitting like clean. Most everyone's hitting clean iron shots onto the green. It's going to cause a lot of spin, but you got to fix them, or else, or else the course is going to seem run down. Like, yeah. you can get a divot tool for two dollars, or use a T. A T is not a. Or use a T. Use yeah. a T. It's not a big deal, um, but just yeah, just break down, get a divot tool, keep it in your bag, and just when you go to the green, take it with you, and then even if your ball didn't make a mark. If you see one, fix it. Like, that's just... We talk about golf having unwritten rules and things like that. Like, that's kind of... If you see a ball mark, you fix it, regardless of, of, its, of its, if it's yours or not. That's just kind of the also, gentleman thing when, to do. Yeah. Also, when you're walking, don't drag your feet. <laughs> Listen, I drag my feet when I walk. I know that about myself. But when I golf, I make it my mission to actually pick up my feet mm-hmm. when I walk. Because you have spikes on your shoes, don't drag your feet. Yeah. You're basically just lifting pick, pick everything up. up. Like you're yeah. just cutting it and lifting it up, and you're just creating walls for for us. So I mean, and if you do on accident, just check it and just use your putter to knock mm-hmm. them back down. They 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 fly yeah. right back out. Takes one second. You can feel like man, I'm like a professional caring about this green, and I, I think exactly. that's what it is. It's just people that are casual, um, and it doesn't it just doesn't matter to them. But yeah. then you have people that do really enjoy playing, and not that we take golf super seriously, but like I would enjoy a nice flat putt so that when I miss it, I know it's me. Yeah. Because it's a you know. If I if I'm if I'm trying to make a six foot putt for birdie because I just hit an amazing <laughs> shot, and I see some lazy duffer who just dragged <laughs> his foot. Right in my line, um, you know, an hour ago, and I miss it because it bounces right or left. I'm gonna be a little yeah. pissed. So just you know, just do that. That's that's it's not that not that big of a deal. But yeah, so um, golfsidekick.com and the blog post is golf terminology for beginners. Um, yeah. so check that and out. And also just watch golf. Watch golf. That you'll hear him talk about it. Watch it with that, yeah. like with you, so that you can actually. See the mm-hmm. you know when the announcer says this term, then you recognize when it's used too, because you want to you want to also say it in the right context. Yeah. And, and it's best and it's great because some announcers are English, some announcers you know are you know, from Scotland mm-hmm. or you know things like that. So they're, they're American, so you can pick up on different terms as well. Because isn't Faraday from Scotland? Is he Scottish? Mm-hmm. I love his accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and he'll say things that may not make sense to us but it's just because that's their their own terminology but it'll be nice to kind of see where where the differences lie um we got one last question if you're ready to move on to our next one it's from life in the weeds podcast uh their question was what's one thing you wish you would have known when you started golfing i thought that was Mm. a really good question because yeah that that is good it took me a second i'm like what is what would be that one thing? Yeah, I thought about that all day today, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, you want me yeah, to go, go for you? it? I think the biggest thing for me, and I've actually kind of touched on this in 
a couple episodes back, I think I would have liked to have known that there are multiple correct ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. Um, The way I was taught, I was taught by an older gentleman who was kind of set in his ways and, you know, that classic older golfer who thinks that things should only be done one way. Um, So like my golf grip, for instance, I always thought the only correct way, even though I knew that professionals use different grips, I thought the only correct way for me to use a golf grip is to have my index finger, my left index finger going over my knuckles Mm -hmm. until I finally realized, no, there's a thousand (laughs) ways to hold a putter. Let's hold it how we're comfortable. And sure enough, that has taken, I mean, strokes off my Mm -hmm. game. A lot of strokes. Um, You know, I think the only... (laughs) (laughs) You heard that? Can't wish. I I would have never had that that premonition at all. I would have loved those constant three putts. But no, now we got to start making birdie putts all of a sudden. (laughs) And it's my fault. You asked me, too. You were like, how do you hold your putter? And I'm like, like a normal person. And he's like, oh, okay. Boom, I'm a great putter now with my Wilson putter. <laughs> hey, it's Wilson's staff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there's obviously consistent things that you need to do with golf. Mm-hmm. When it comes to gripping a regular club, the best way to grip it is, you know, to interlock yeah. your index finger and pinky and grip it with, you know, those second lines of your left hand and right hand and all of that good stuff to kind of keep a more consistent uh, club face, right. you know, um, you don't want to grip it like a baseball bat or anything like that. Cause that's just going to cause other issues. That is a grip and, that they do know. teach a lot though, is the simple baseball grip for people that just can't understand interlocking. Hmm. Um, when I took Sarah to her first lesson, um, he just had her do the baseball grip until she was comfortable, like, just right. holding the club. Um, mm-hmm. And and then you can start Yeah, I started with the baseball it. grip yeah. as well. Because a lot of people just don't understand how to, like, how they actually grip it when you're missing basically three fingers. Because when you interlock, yeah. it's basically pulling two or three fingers away from the club. And it's... Mm-hmm. But you'll learn as you go to that that it actually generates way more face control than the baseball grip but you know that's i just thought that was interesting when you mentioned that because when he showed her that i was like why are you holding it like that and that's how that's what he showed her but it did make a big difference in her being able to just swing the club so i thought that was interesting yeah yeah you know there's obviously things that are the only way of doing things but for the most part you know, the way you set up to a ball, the way you do a pre-shot routine, um, you know, the way you finish at, on your downswing, you know, there are a lot of things, you know, I was told that you need to always keep your left foot planted, don't raise up. But if you look back in the, you know, 50s and 60s, they 70s, they all did it and it helped with rhythm, apparently. Yeah. Um, my dad used to do that and... The guy who taught me told Dad, stop that. You, you don't need to do that. And then a few years later, he was talking to a to a buddy of his who played for Benedict College. And he was talking about it. And he was like, oh, you should have never listened to him. Yeah. For people who are able to do that, that helps so much with rhythm, with hitting the ball further. Yeah. 
Um, apparently it helps a lot. So, you know, don't, don't think that there's just one way of doing things. There's multiple healthy ways of mm-hmm. swinging a golf club and, and gripping a golf club and, you know, the way you read a green, the way you look at a hole layout, um, you know, the way you do a pre-shot routine, all of that. There's thousands of ways to do it. That's a good point. I mean, look at Matthew Wolf, And if you don't know who he is, look him up. Just Matthew Wolf swing. Um, yeah. He's a prime example of somebody who does mm-hmm. it and swings his own way. So does Bryson. He still has a very similar setup to everybody else, but he swings on one plane with same link irons. Like, So just find out what works for you and just get better at Bubba Watson too. Somebody who swings oh, yeah. his own. If you watch his setup when he drives the ball, he's aimed like 50 yards to the right. <laughs> yeah. But that's like that's his drive. That's how he hits it and he's, you know, he's what 3 3 years he's been the longest drive on the tour. I think it was like 2012, mm-hmm. 14 and 16 or something like that. Never had a single formal golf, golf lesson. lesson. Masters <laughs> champion Bubba Watson. <laughs> absolutely insane it just shows like you just with consistent play regardless of your swing like you'll understand how you swing and then you can then adapt to it and i think that was what my point was going to be when i thought about it is just consistency not necessarily in the course itself but playing consistently because i will i'll do these you know ebbs and flows where i'll play you know, three times a week, two times a week, and then I'll just not play for three months, four months. Mm-hmm. And a lot mm-hmm. of it has to do with the, the you know, climate. If it's really hot, like, you just don't desire to go play after work. And then it gets, as it gets cold, you know, you it just doesn't feel great being outside. <laughs> so eventually, you, you know, you'll go eight months, nine months without swinging a golf club. And then it's like, all right, let's go play. And it's awful. And then it, you know, something comes up, a tournament comes up, and then I start playing and playing and playing, and I get better and better, and then I stop. And as I've seen, this is the most consistent I've been playing, and I'm consistently dropping my scores, getting getting better and better. So if I could go back to, you know, my teenage self when, you know, I first had an adult set of clubs, like make that go to the range once a week. If you're not going to play, go to the range once a week, or at least just play once a week, try and play, you know, twice a month or something and just keep that, keep that golf rhythm. Cause once you stop playing, the rhythm's going to be gone. Your confidence is going to be gone. And you know, you only have 18 holes, so there's no wiggle room in getting that back. So if you continually practice or play, and it's not like something you have to do every day, that's for professionals. <laughs> But if you just want to enjoy your time on the course without alcohol <laughs> um, or with alcohol, honestly, I mean, <laughs> but if you wanted to enjoy your time on the course with your play, not necessarily with the beers, then just try and make it part of your routine, whether it's, you know, twice a month or something like that, because I think that would have greatly helped me uh, be better like now than I am right now if I had just taken it more seriously like as a teenager right yeah yeah I, I agree um 
you know, and just try to just be comfortable. Yeah. You know, if uh, if you don't like wearing a glove, don't wear a glove. <laughs> yeah. Fred Couples doesn't wear a glove. You don't He's have to. He's tournaments. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you like, I would love a glove on my right hand. Do that too. Mm-hmm. There's one thing yeah. you do not you... do, though. I will say this. You do not have iron covers. Mm, yeah, no. That's, those are if, bad. If you walk out with iron covers, people will not respect you. And I don't care. Yeah. People tell me, well, your irons can get chipped up and messed up. And they're like, then I paid. They're, t- they're irons. Okay, you're, you're hitting yeah. them straight okay. into the ground. So the fact that they're <laughs> clinking around like champagne glasses is not a big deal. It's just because, oh, I don't know why that irks me. It just looks so weird. It lo- it looks terrible. Uh, it looks yeah. If whenever I've gotten matched up with somebody who has iron covers, I think about just moving my tea time to another time because just <laughs> and they're never good. I don't want to do it. No, if you're no. good, you you no. like if you want people to think you're better than you are, get rid of your iron covers. <laughs> because if you have them, people think that, like, if I if you showed up with iron covers, I would think he thinks he's good at golf, but he's not. Mm-hmm. Like each time he slices it, he's gonna it's gonna be like he's seen that for the first time, you know? <laughs> like, cause I never hook it, so like if I just duck hooked one one time, that w- I'd be like, how in the world did that happen? But obviously, this guy does it all the time. But that's how he would react. Yeah. Oh. Throw those away. Everything else. Try everything except for iron covers. Yeah, exactly. But um, man, this was fun. This was a good episode. Yeah, I I enjoyed I like all the too. questions. Uh, we couldn't get to all of yeah, them. Yeah, keep them coming, guys, for sure. That was uh, it was some nice, and it had, doesn't have to be specifically our opinions or it could be top five golf bods. You know, obviously mm-hmm. John Daly number one, but that's for a different mm. episode. I mean. Golf movies, you could do golf movies. Oh, golf snacks. Oh, That's what I love. Golf. We got golf snacks mm-hmm. are good too. Yeah. Where, what our what our top five is for mid round snacks? Because mm. <laughs> we're gonna get some doozies. <laughs> you know what mine is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll talk about that next time, guys. Oh, we'll yeah. have, we'll yeah, have like to it. tease that. <laughs> Ugh. All right, we'll. <laughs> We'll see you guys back for Dylan's favorite sandwiches next week. (laughs) (laughs) I am looking forward to talking about my my third passion in life. (sighs) Sounds awful. (laughs) All right, guys. Look forward to talking to you guys next week. We'll see you. All right, guys. See you.